Kimberly Rice, and you are tuned into the Secret Sauce Marketing Tasting Show, the groundbreaking podcast for business bosses, professional women, and anyone who is hungry to learn how to create the career, business, and life of their dreams by charting their own course. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the KLA Secret Sauce Marketing Tastings Podcast, an episodic podcast interview session where we lovingly connect with um, discipline experts from around the globe to bring our listeners solutions and ideas and words of encouragement and inspiration to meet their greatest business and life challenges. And today I'm so excited um, to welcome our guest, Alicia Journey to our show today, um, and I'm going to let Alicia share a little bit about herself with our listeners. So, welcome, Alicia, to the show today. Thank you. I'm so uh, happy and honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, um, I, I can share with our listeners that I, I've learned a little bit about Alicia. I am so excited to learn more about her and her work and how she's bringing so much wonderfulness into um, the universe with our, uh, our particularly women lawyers. And I'm going to let her share more about that. But first, let's learn a little bit about Alicia. So share with us, Alicia, a bit about yourself, your professional passion, and a few insights into your professional journey. Um, yes, thank you. I am a uh, mother of two. I have a 13 and seven year old. And for me, they're, they're my biggest lesson and my biggest passion. I always like to lead with that. Um, they taught me so much uh, in this journey. But from a professional standpoint, what, um, what I do is um, I, I like to say I transform, um, I help attorneys transform the way that they treat themselves, their clients and the law. And I do that through uh, uh, mental health awareness, mindfulness, neuroscience, psychology, self-development. And I really work with burnout, uh, resiliency, and bringing in um, health and wellness into um, the practice of law. And, and really, for me, um, a lot of this stems from personally from I am a um, an attorney myself I um, practice in California I am a U.S. Supreme Court attorney I was a prosecutor for years I did um, 34 trials domestic violence sexual assault child abuse um, you know all the the really tough stuff and then I opened up my own law firm and I had uh, four associates two paralegals and a um, and an assistant, and I opened up a nonprofit. You know, all the achieving, but you know, in an attempt to break the glass ceiling, but doing it very much in a in a, a man's way. Um, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Just keep going, keep going. And I didn't listen to the signs and symptoms my body was telling me, which were the symptoms of burnout and compassion fatigue and um, depression, anxiety, all the things. And what happened for me was I ended up um, with uterine cancer, uh, adrenal failure, uh, 
I had two strokes and I basically was um, couch bound. Um, and um, through that process, I really learned what it means to, especially for women in the law, redefining success on our own terms and not trying to do it in the same exact way in the same model that you know we have been shown because there are so many men in this field. Let's do it in the way that we're so good at in a, a collaborative, nurturing way, because that's what um, the law needs is this. And so we can do it, but that requires balance. And it requires us to listen to our bodies and incorporate more of the, the balance into our life um, and the um, and, and our intuition on what does our body need. So that's what I do. And, I, and it is more than just, you know, a paycheck. It's uh, absolutely a mission, um, especially from the mental health perspective with our, our levels of suicide and depression and um, just our burnout that's happening to our, um, the counselors in our, um, in our nation. It's very, it's very uh, near and dear to my heart. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. You, you've been through and you've survived uh, yes. a lot. You're quite the warrior, so much <laughs> to you. You rattle that off, but for a lot of people that would send them over the edge. Yes, I, I feel like now, thankfully, you know, um, I've done a, a lot of work around this and I can, I can speak about it objectively as a story that happened instead of a story that defined me. You know, one of the things that I to always talk about is, you know, turn your pain into purpose and your trials into triumph. And I really do believe that that is um, necessary to do, but sometimes when the stories are too close to you, you can't be objective but um, about them. But I think that it, it's a useful tool to be able to frame why this is such an important topic to be talking about right now. I could not agree with you more. You know, as uh, we've shared before, <clears throat> I've worked in the law firm legal services space for going on 30 years now. And, and, and it really does pull at my heartstrings, uh, women lawyers, that they, I just can't think that they know what they're getting themselves into when they sign up. Uh, for law school and then go into private practice. You know, even now, though we have some, you know, I know some real trailblazing women attorneys around the country that are working their heart out to make a difference with gender equality and diversity <clears throat> and such. Um, you know, we have, unfortunately, we, the, the legal services community, has so, so, so far to go um, to even gaining a level of acceptability um, of um, consideration towards the, the unique brilliance that women lawyers bring to um, legal services. And so I'm so mm. excited to hear and am so impressed with, you know, that you've taken your own personal journey and the trials and the triumphs and the grit and the resilience and now putting that pain into purpose um, to help the high achieving, you know, women professionals bring their own lives into balance um, and, and how they can avoid burnout and um, develop more resiliency. So what specifically do you think, I'm curious, um, that you see that needs attention the most in this landscape? You know, you know, the, the more that I dive into this and not just from 
obviously my own um, specific experience, but then I dive into the research and I'm giving, you know, I do um, CLE workshops on this. And then I also bring my work into law firms. And what I'm seeing is it's like this perfect soup, this masterful recipe for disaster, right? You've got compassion fatigue, which, you know, I don't know that we talk about enough in the practice of law. Um, it's interesting because, um, so if you're, if you think about it, you're sitting here hearing other people don't come to lawyers because their life is great. They come to lawyers because they're in crisis, emotional crisis, financial crisis, or they're trying to avoid the crisis. And um, I, I, saw, I heard this really good analogy. I think it's, real, it's super perfect. It, think about as an attorney, you're a surgeon and their client is laying there on the table um, and you're about ready to perform this you know, life-saving um, operation or you know, life-altering operation. Let's make it a little less dramatic. And it's not just you in that operating room. On the other side of it, you've got another surgeon whose job it is to kill your client, right? So it's not just you on the, and, and they're trying to save your client. It's somebody trying to harm or kill your client. And then there's, you know, if you're a trial attorney, there's 12 people watching it or, you know, there's people in the room. It is, it's like, you're not only hearing all of everybody's compound traumas and their distress, you're, it's high, high pressure, high stakes with, you know, an adversary on the other side who has the same pressures and the same agenda, but it's, you know, the antithesis. And you put on that a high volume that's, it's almost un, inhuman, this, the level of pressure. And then I think the other little recipe in that is that we're held to this ethical standard where you're not allowed to talk about your cases for good reason, obviously. But then where so where does all of that energy and trauma and compound trauma and stress go if we don't find a way as a profession to move it out of our body through um talking and through self-care and through other i i talk about the four pillars and your non-negotiables that you need in your life but the profession itself doesn't lend itself to eating well and exercising and making sure that there's people in your life that you can talk about your stresses with and find time to, you know, connect with. So it's like a perfect little recipe for breakdown. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, and, and it's quote, always been that way. Um, mm. And it's doing nothing but getting accelerated by you know our super hyped up um world you know thanks to the internet i mean it's a wonderful thing but i mean it has just you know cut you know i, I remember the day when lawyers would tell me that you know they would dictate a letter and then it would take a day for their secretary to uh, uh to type the letter and get the letter out and take a couple of days i mean literally one task could take a week Right and now we're, you know, we're 10xing that or 20x in that every single day. Um, yes. And, you know, I believe and I'm sure you have thoughts on, you know, that our brains are just not equipped mm -mm. to move at this pace on a sustainable. It's not sustainable. 
No, it's not. And you know, my, my theory on this, just in, I guess, in general is less is more. I think, you know, if, if, if we were to somehow find a structure and, you know, I don't know if we want to go down this road, but I really think this billable hour thing, it's, it's part of the problem because if you're selling your time and you're, you know, that, that's, that's a huge, um, part of this, this nasty recipe, you know, and what if we got away from that and we just focused on less clients and less of the, the back and forth communication that had this, this time element in it, um, where if you didn't respond within a certain amount of time, you know, everything falls to pieces. It's like this pressure cooker that's unattainable. And I feel like there are some, there is some space for some new movement around policies and, and regulations around um, the time management or billable hours and allowing attorneys to do better quality with less client clients. And some, there's some movement there. Well, and of course, I mean, I hear you and I don't disagree, um, but I can, I can see myself sitting in a law firm conference room and immediately, um, if you were to say that into a group of likely white men, they would mm-hmm. say, yeah, but how are you going to, you know, how are you going to generate an income like that? Less clients. We have to do da 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 You know, which in, in my view, it's contrived. Right. And then that's always the, this is how it's always been done. I think that my argument for needing women in leadership and law is that we are visionaries and we don't, oh, we don't need that. This is the way it's always been done. I mean, you know, we are able to think collaboratively about the whole holistic approach to the system and what are some creative solutions to it. And I don't know if that's where we want to go with this discussion, but you know, my model that I used when I was practicing was a um, flat fee for certain um, services. It took the unknown out for the clients and for myself with, with specific boundaries in there about communication and, um, you know, different phases throughout the, the litigation or for the case. I mean, it, it worked really well for me and for my clients. And I was able to way better job um, and um, have a lot less stress in my life. But I get what you're saying. And, and I don't have the solution. I just think it's a topic we need to, to be having in the legal profession in conjunction with bringing micro doses of balance and health and wellness so that we're all not living in this black or white pressure cooker um, thinking and we can start all thinking um, outside the box. Absolutely. Well, that's a, that's a great um, conduit point, Alicia, when you mentioned about the four pillars of avoid, to avoiding burnout. Can you share more about that with our listeners? Yes. So um, I, uh, for, what the when I te- uh, teach in my workshops and I work um, I I work on this with um, specific clients, we talk about the um, what do you need in your life to to make sure that uh, that you are in you're you're not heading towards burnout and it's an assessment um, um, 
that allows you to go, it allows you to go through an assessment of the four pillars. And um, so there's wellness, health and wellness. There's, um, that's one of them. And there's um, work life and there's relationships and um, spirituality. And within that, um, when you're, the, you work within those different modalities and then you come up with a list of, of non-negotiables that is your foundation that you are gonna integrate into your life on a daily, weekly basis and putting yourself in your own calendar because in the high pressure practice of law, you know, your time is not your own once you hit that, once you, you, you hit that office or pick up your, you know, your email and your phone. So you put, you have to put yourself into the calendar with these non-negotiables as the foundation to make sure that your pillars are intact. And um, it's, it's a process that, that allows you to go through and you create, you create your own, like what does health and wellness look like for you? Um, for, encompassing in that is mental, emotional, and physical um, wellness. Um, and then in the, um, the, health, the work and the life um, pillar, we're talking about um, making sure that in your life, it's not just I get up and the minute I get up, all I'm thinking about is the million things that I have to do that day. And, the, and I, I pick up my phone and then it's basically stress, 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 stress. And you're not thinking, there's nothing in your life that is challenging you. Um, you don't have any sense of adventure. You don't have anything outside of the crushing weight of the stress. So where, where is that, you know, let's, let's, okay, is there a trip that you have planned that's going to push you a little bit um, outside of your comfort zone? Where's your sense of adventure, your sense of discovery? Um, and then also, where is your work? This one's a lot we spend a lot of time in the work um, and creating boundaries around, okay, so that, that means your phone isn't right by your bed. These are the little, little hacks that you can do are make sure that it's not accessible right when you, when, when you get up, put it over. So you have to st step out of bed to turn the alarm off and it gives you that 30 seconds to, to think about anything, but that email or, um, you know, with the boundaries with client communication, when um, will you pick up that phone and, and talk back, um, you know, to your clients? So there's that one. And then I, when it, within relationships, this is relationship to self, uh, making sure that you are taking care of yourself, um, your romantic, your intimate partner relationship, because that is extremely important to keep you grounded and not burning out. Um, your family relationships, your friend, your close friends relationships, and your professional relationships, and um, making sure that when you start to feel out of alignment, and we go through what does that feel like? That feels like um, I'm not sleeping well. I'm eating too much. I'm eating too little. I'm drinking uh, way too much every night. I um, I. I am, I've had a cold and it's not going away. These are little ways to tell that you're out of alignment. And then you go in here and you go, gosh, I need to, where, which one of my pillars is off. And then I talk about spirituality and I know some people might balk at that, but I don't mean everybody has to go to church, have a religion. It means thinking 
making sure that you have a connection that's bigger than you, a belief that in big, something bigger than you. And that can be um, God, it can be Allah, it can be nature, it can be the divine, it can be you believe in humanity. And making sure that you connect to whatever it is that's bigger than you um, uh, as much as possible, because a lot of the the pressure um, in this space comes from everything's riding on your shoulders and there's nobody else can fix this problem but you. So I truly believe that that is, um, is a piece of this puzzle that we do need to start talking about. And, you know, it's, it's difficult. Sometimes it can be difficult to have these discussions. Um, but um, I believe it's important. Well, and, and when you bring these two, and they are, they absolutely are, and they're, they're um, genius how you have categoried and, uh, and segmented them um, all for, you know, that we're not just one, uh, we don't fit into one box. You know, there's mm -hmm. so many, um, there's so many, um, you know, we're multidimensional. Yes. Um, so when you bring these to your clients, um, you know, I do you receive a little bit of resistance or for folks who are really suffering, you know, we know in legal services, they have, you know, there's a high level of substance abuse, depression, anxiety, suicide, divorce. Um, so when people are hurting and their lives are suffering um, and you bring about these four pillars, you know, what I'd be curious to understand and learn more about as a practical matter, how do they respond to these four pillars and the work that and the uh, initiatives that you lay out before them? You know, when people are in pain and hopeless and suffering, um, sometimes it just feels like a cup of water in a desert. And so um, there's a lot of relief and there's a lot of um, feeling like, oh my gosh, now there's structure and now, cause I, I, I feel like, okay, I know. Cause for me, when I was, I was drowning, it was like, I just need somebody to give me a model that I can understand. Why do I feel so lost? I know I'm out of control and not intentionally. It, it happened so, it, so like slowly and subversively. And then all of a sudden I'm not in control anymore. Right. And so I just need somebody to, kind of give me a blueprint. And so that's what this is. And so there's a lot of relief. Um, and I like to do it because it's super practical and pragmatic and you work with each modalities and it's very personal and tangible, like kinesthetic, like you're actually going through. And, you know, it's a, it's a way to have people journal without really actually knowing that you're journaling because you're going through it like a workbook. And so it, it's a, um, it is nice and clarifying and there's so much clarity. Now I'll have to say there's one thing that is unique in my approach that not, I don't know that anybody else is talking about this, but um, now when, if you're say somebody who's dealing with, um, you know, you're hearing divorce after divorce and, you know, the, especially maybe something about domestic violence, let's just say underbellies and underbellies and you can't fix a problem. The, the drinking and the depression and or the drugs and the anxiety and the divorce, basically people saying, 
I don't know, recognize this person anymore. They're not the same person. There's like a disconnect, a disassociation. It is, it really is a disassociating from, it's a spiritual crisis that happens. I cannot help anymore. I am disassociating from the fact that I want to help so badly. I cannot help anymore. I've had to compartmentalize myself um, and I can't do that anymore. So it's like a fracturing that occurs. And so part of this work is bringing them back together so they don't feel like they are just a bunch of fractured pieces or boxes all over and they can see themselves as a whole person again. And I, that's why I love this work. That is so incredibly transformative. Mm -hmm. So I'm fascinated <clears throat> to learn um, about how you combine neuroscience, psychology, mindfulness, self-development, and practical knowledge of the law to help lawyers in tangible ways transform the way they treat themselves, hopefully much more with much more kindness and their clients and the law. Can you speak to that for us, Alicia? Yes, yeah, so my background, I have a degree in neuroscience and psychology. And so I'm a huge neuroscience nerd. It's just is right up my alley. And so what I love to do is it's, it's one thing to just say, oh, like, here's how you fix it. But like, let's understand the actual, the brain's wiring, the brain chemistry, the like the why, what happens when you're under this insane amount of pressure, this insane amount of compound trauma, and um, compassion fatigue, like what is actually happening on a neurochemical, psych, um, like physical, biological level? And that helps us practical, logical thinkers understand it conceptually. And I love the science behind it. it it's just, it, it nerds me out and I love it. And it seems like people really resonated too. And then you can learn the psychology about it because really we're humans and we're not just this meat body and these like particles. We are, we are, are humans with, you know, attachment styles and childhoods and families outside and then you're constantly interacting with other people. So let's understand yourself, how you're wired. I bring in the Enneagram. I love that tool as a way to understand yourself and then also other people. It's a, a training mechanism, uh, like a personality test. Um, and then um, I use self-development and I use, I use that basically that's really for boundaries and moving through places where you feel really stuck and you're like, there's no other way. And then basically that's, that's where I get in there and do the transformative work of, yeah, there's always another way. And A, I'm proof of it. And B, let's tap into self-development for that. Um, and then the practical part is, this is all great, but if I, I can't help a lawyer understand how to take this in with them when um, into their office, then it's all for nothing. So this is where it's like, hey, what do you do when you've got back-to-back -back depositions and you got, you know, a million client calls, a million emails, like the nitty gritty of like, what does a day in the life of a lawyer look? And I have walked, talked and breathed that. So I'm able to bring the practical tools into all this. And that's where the transformation really kicks in. Oh my God, that's so powerful. So incredibly powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is. I mean, I, I've seen and worked with 
lawyers for so long inside the law firms and have seen you know how how they suffer um and and, and they're they really suffer in silence because there's no has been no outlet i mean i've seen in the last year or two where they're you know firms sort of um creating wellness committees and you know bringing mindfulness um experts in and that's mm -hmm. that's fantabulous that they have a, some level of recognition you know but it's kind of like cutting you got to cut the fish off at the top of the head um, mm -hmm. if you're really going to make a, a long sustaining difference in the lives of people and so it can't there's not just one you know seminar or symposium you can go to and fix it but it's the day-to-day -day practice and the disciplines and the mindsets that must be cultivated um, on a regular basis right absolutely and <laughs> yeah and I don't think you can I, I always love the word my trigger word or my like my little buzzword is integrate like yeah. if you can't take these concepts and integrate them into your life and that's why that work-life balance I don't even know about it's work-life integration and yeah. integrating these concepts into your life it really is all for naught because yeah. you're like great I went to this retreat and it was awesome and I felt really relaxed but then I go to the office on Monday and I'm back to feeling like I'm gonna have a heart attack right. no that's not helpful not at all. Not at mm -hmm. all. Well, this is phenomenal. I have, um, I want to ask you one of my favorite questions um, that I ask all our guests um, because I find it fascinating and our, and our listeners do as well. Um, so if you could give, you know, we've all traveled a, a path to this journey at this juncture. If you could give your younger self one piece of professional advice, what would that be? I would say relax, trust yourself. Um, you are, you're going to make it because you're you and you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. And I, 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 100% if I could go back to Alicia at 20 when she just felt like there was no other option but just to push, push, push because she had to prove that she was worthy of success, I would be like, girl, you have it in spades, like relax, you're going to make it. You got this, girl. You got this. <laughs> Go out. Uh, you know, I wonder so much. I mean, I I felt very similar at that age, 20, 25, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, like, my I don't remember my parents pressuring me or pushing me. I mean, I was pretty self-motivated. Um, and you know, it would be fascinating that we all come from different places, but it's like, particularly for females, yeah. why, why are we so hard on ourselves? Why? I mean, perhaps it's the media, the society, you know, for this, um, trying to achieve this quote figure or visualization of perfection, which of course is an illusion. Mm. Um, but how many lives are broken trying to, you know, attain this level of perfection and it's so, it's so counterproductive, but it's so destructive. I want to just say a huge amen to that. And I, I consider myself a recovering perfectionist. And, you know, sometimes I'm in step 12 and sometimes I'm in step, you know, 10 or eight, and you know, I slide back to two. But I think that that has been the most harmful part of my personal journey has been this, um, 
fear of not being perfect and it's caused so much undue stress. But then and again, you know, I'm in this amazing um, women in leadership program this year and, and the cohort, and um, we just had a speaker on it and uh, on failure and the interplay between women and um, career progression and leadership and this interplay between needing to be perfect and not progressing like men do because we feel like we have to be perfect in order to deserve to be uh, in leadership or be an expert or you know go for that next thing. And it not only is destructive to our mind, body, spirit, health, it's also destructive for to us progressing in our careers and in leadership. It, it's, it's a nasty and nasty thing that plagues us. And I think it, it does come from, um, there's something subversive in that's implanted as you as a girl that, you know, you don't, aren't allowed to go get messy and play and just kind of, oh, well, there's a boy. It's like, no, you're, there's something different that, that girls, um, are um, are looked at um, and they're um, oh okay so now I've got a dog in here um, <laughs> so probably cut that out okay thank you so it's good to have your pet to work day <laughs> yes <laughs> my gosh um, she loves you <laughs> yes she loves me um, <laughs> so. I don't know where to pick up on that one again. Um, no, well, it is. It, it is subser subversive. I mean, there's all kinds of science that shows us that, and this is in, this kind of touches my work in working with women, um, high achieving women and their lack of confidence, even though they're highly accomplished and highly credentialed. And that is, you know, we're all born, male and females are born with the same level of confidence. But when we as females reach the age of puberty, you know, something happens hormonally and biologically that we turn ourselves inside out to appeal to males, mm. give that persuasion. And so all of our mm. confidence just goes away. And mm. so that's when we become self-conscious. That's when we become Eve in the garden and we realize that we're naked. You know, but it was pure, mm. so pure before then and then after then. And then the society in general doesn't have the tools to help us get back on track to realize that this is just normal and healthy and natural for who we are and to embrace that. But instead we fight it because the media and, you know, all of all the media and all the, all the information outlets push this elusory um, vision and perception of what quote the perfect woman should be like and none of mm -hmm. us are, are that because we're all perfect in our own way but you know the box has been so narrow for so long you know Barbie has always been white and skinny yes <laughs> right you know and so that's mm -hmm. a lot of what my what I'm so passionate about because um, you know so many women that I've worked with and coached with over decades you know, that they're so capable and they're so just perfect as they are. And they, you know, they're the, um, the Debbie doubter and the imposter syndrome and the inner critic. And, you know, there's, they have fail, failure and fear of failure all over the place and all kinds of fear of rejection and perfectionism and the disease to please. And I could go on and on and on. And yes. it's like, girl, you are perfect just the way you are. You've got to mm. learn to embrace that. And it is, we take them through a, like almost like a 12-step program um, to move to that. But it really takes a lot of self-assessment and reflection and mm -hmm. looking at our environment 
um, not only you know our childhood environment, but the work environment and our, our personal relationships, etc. Um, because mm. what I say is, you know, uh, fear of failure and all the fears that we have—they're not terminal. Once we recognize them, they lose their power, mm. um, and so we can move on and, and be and embrace who you know Source God wanted us and you know wanted us to be. And so um, you know, then I see our work—I see our work very closely aligned. Yes, I love that. And it's, and it's really interesting, because I think another reason, another reason women leave the law is because the law, it's an unattainable, perfect standard. You know, like you cannot be perfect in the law, like it's just not uh, available. It's It's not real. And that is really challenging. I think for women, that model too, is like, because they're especially high achieving type A women, we have, and I'll put myself in that category, is like we have this need for perfection. It's driven us. It's actually pushed us to succeed. But then something happens once we achieve it in loss specifically, and I'm sure that it happens in the medical profession and others as well. But the law and legal, you know, there's, it's unattainable. And so it's almost like, I can't do this. So I'm going to leave. And that's like the opposite of really what we need. But um, yes, I'm sure we could go on and on about this yeah, for a it's while. Like a big, it's the big black hole. You can, yeah. never, you can never, ever feel it. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to be respectful to our leader, uh, our listeners. And this has been so mind expansive. And I know it's just so full of wonderful, uplifting information for our listeners and things that I know you and I, Alicia, mm-hmm. are so passionate about and what drives us and gets us up every day. But um, so I want to share with our listeners uh, your accessibility. So I would love for you to share with them about how you, you know, how they can connect with you. What's the best way to connect with you and any of the resources that you can, you know, offer to them um, through your, whether your digital assets or otherwise. Absolutely. So um, you can find me on Facebook at Alicia Journey, um, Instagram at The Attorney Journey. Um, My website is aliciajourney.com. And um, uh, my contact information is um, on there. I'm always open for um, getting direct messages. Um, Also, um, I'm going to provide... um, your listeners with a uh, free downloadable PDF of these four pillars and um, basically uh, a a mini uh, worksheet uh, that they can go through and plug in their non-negotiables and their foundations um, into these pillars um, to to get them started in this um, assessment. Wonderful. That's so generous of you. Thank you very much. So listeners, you heard it here. Alicia (laughs) is going to provide to all of us a PDF that's going to help us, you know, jumpstart uh, our path back to wellness um, and back to ourselves. So this wraps up another episode of the Secret Sauce Marketing Tastings podcast. Um, Certainly, you know, my life's work is working with professional services providers, lawyers um, included, and others as well, engineers, accountants, financial planning um, providers um, to help them build, grow, and sustain a prosperous business. And we know, we know for sure, you cannot sustain a prosperous business if we are, if we are leaking 
um, of our, you know, of our self-worth and all of the tools that we have, must have to um, thrive and prosper on a personal and spiritual level. So I see it as, as you say, to take your word, uh, um, Alicia, integrative um, mm -hmm. uh, approach. Uh, and so that's something that really makes my heart sing. But thank you again, Alicia Journey, for joining us today. And thank you, listeners. And, you know, listen to us wherever you um, find your podcasts. Thank you. Thank you.